You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It's time. Time for silver and black today. To the ground game. Touchdown, Las Vegas! We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field and bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get get it it on. Here's your hosts, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Welcome back, Raider Nation. It is week one in the NFL. Your Raiders go down to Los Angeles. They will face... The Los Angeles Chargers at SoFi Stadium at 1-something p.m. on Sunday. And we're here to talk about it, Silver and Black, today. My co-host, Mo Moten, Scott Branson here. Mo, uh, are you ready for some real football? As I mentioned last show, I'm ready. I don't know about you. I had no choice to get ready. Uh, just a lot <laughs> on the plate. But, you know, Raider focus, fantasy football focus, betting focus, it's all on the platter. It's all in the menu for me. But I... You know, I have a I have a unique, I'm not a unique, but I have a, a very in-depth look at the Chargers. So I got a lot of good questions for Nick today. That's good. And we're going to get right into it and, and preview the Chargers. We kind of usually do this in the second segment. We want to do it right from the front because we're excited because it's week one. We're, what can I say? We're, we're eager to go. And to do that, we bring in a very familiar face to us here at Silver and Black today. And that is Nick Cothrell. He's a publisher of the Sports Illustrated Chargers Report, right, Nick? Yep, ChargerReport.com, part of yes. SI Media Network. Yes, he's part of Sports Illustrated, and Nick was a writer for us at Silver and Black today back when he was in college, and he's doing well. We're very, very proud of him. I know Raider fans have a mixed reaction because you're covering the Chargers now, but we <laughs> forgive you for that. I used to be a Charger fan as a kid, so some people have never let me down on that one. Uh, but uh, Nick— Just really uh, quick, Scott, I, was, yeah. I just want to announce that I'm the only person on this show right now who has no affiliation to the Chargers. That. <laughs> that is true, but you do to the Jets, and that's a whole different story. Right. That's a, okay. that's a family Silence. thing. That's a family thing. That's a family thing. I got it. All right. So, Nick, um, listen, you're, you're the publisher of that SI site. You cover the Chargers every day. You're, you're, you're at the facility. You're covering the practices. The, I want to start out and asking you about the Chargers and expectations this year. The expectations, it's a familiar story for the Chargers, actually. Very high expectations and seemingly unable to live up to them for all sorts of reasons, including injuries and, and things like that. But now they come in, they've improved the team. They have a guy that the Raider fans know really well, Khalil Mack, on the defensive side of the ball. Offense continues, Justin Herbert. 
Eckler's there at, at running back. When you look at this team, are the expectations in line with the talent level they have, and will they live up to those expectations? Yeah, the expectations could, probably couldn't be any higher, right? Everything they did this offseason has just really been an all-in approach, uh, kind of seizing the opportunity with Justin Herbert on his rookie deal. So, it, you know, the, the, they're going to need to win to to meet those expectations, and that's not going to be easy with uh, the AFC West. And, you know, all four teams really have a, a legit shot. So they're, they're going to have to, you know, live up to that. And it's it's going to be it's going to be something where the defense, which was a bottom three unit last year, is going to have to try and match uh, what the offense was able to do just a season ago. Now, Nick, you mentioned that defense. How confident are you that the Chargers have fixed their run defense? As you as you mentioned, just pretty much a sieve on the interior. So <laughs> the Raiders coming in with Josh Jacobs, Amir White, Brandon Bolden, Amir Abdullah. What is your confidence level on you know Sebastian Joseph Day, uh, Austin Johnson? I believe they also brought in. Can those yeah. guys show up the interior of that defense? I, I think they can, <laughs> you know, it, it's tough to tell right now because during, you know, none of them played in the preseason and just during camp, they're not exactly tackling ball carriers to the ground or anything, but it, it, it seems like it's a lot better. And Sebastian Joseph Day and Austin Johnson, both those, you know, those two guys, they stopped the run um, near the top of the league with, with, you know, how, how they offer, you know, their contributions and run support. And so uh, both those guys have been flying around Sebastian Joseph Day is, really been kind of one of the vocal leaders um, across that defensive line. And uh, it's, it's, it seems better, but you know, it's, it's ultimately going to be a wait and see approach. Yeah. Again, talking to Nick Cothrell from sports illustrated chargers report, make sure you check them out. Uh, and uh, he is talking about this year's charger unit. Now, Nick, we look at this chargers team and, and I mentioned some of that offensive firepower. I answered Justin Herbert and Justin Herbert, is gets you know lauded for being a top four quarterback. I think in most things that I see, un unbelievable talent. Uh, people point out to the lack of success, which I always say that's not true because that's a team issue. Just like Derek Carr with the Raiders, he's had the same kind of thing. But you look at Justin Herbert now heading into this season. Um, how's that maturity level? Because he's performance wise been great. He's had steps forward, steps back. But is he at that level now from your perception where he's ready to take that next step, lead his team into the playoffs? Yeah, I think he's ready. And I, I think he, you know, as Raider fans saw, like what he was doing in week 18, it, he, he, last year he could have done that, but the defense really kind of dropped the ball. So what what Justin Herbert's been able to do his first two seasons has been, you know, the best, you know, first two years of a, of a quarterback based on touchdowns and uh, passing yards. So offensive coordinator Joe Lombardi for the Chargers said last year was about them learning a new system and it was more of like football 101. And now they've kind of turned that page to football 202. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, they both, you know, voice their confidence and knowing the offense more. And they were a top five unit last year. So like that, those two guys, you know, already being in sync with Justin Herbert and they're all saying that they're a lot more confident this year. Who knows what that offense is going to look like now? So, Nick, I just want to know, you're close to the team, and I talked about this with Scott on our last show. How much chatter is there about how the last season ended? Is there still a sour taste in the Chargers' mouth to the point they're still talking about it publicly to the media saying, we needed to avenge that loss, and it was embarrassing to lose to the Raiders in that fashion where you see Justin Herman kind of mouthing, 
I never wanted a tie so bad. So does that come yeah. up in conversation with the, with the media? You know, it, it came up a lot more during like the start of OTAs when when the players met with the media for the, for the first time to kind of start this off season. But today, uh, Derwin James spoke as well as Brandon Staley. They were both asked, and both of them said, you know that that was that was months behind us now, and they've they've kind of acting like you know they they put that in the rear view and they're just moving forward, kind of living in the now, but. It's hard to say, right? Like that that has to still be sitting in the back of the minds of of some of these returners. Now the defense is going to have six new starters. So there's also a lot of players that weren't even part of that game, um which, you know, for week 1, maybe that's a better maybe that's a better thing. <laughs> maybe maybe it's something where the returners can use it as motivation, I don't know, but the 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 message that they're trying to you know, give a send across to the media is that they've they've kind of put that behind them. Now, they're really quick, though, before you go in, Scott. Now, you mentioned that defense and guys that are coming in that are new may not have that sour taste in mouth as players who were there. One of those players being J.C. Jackson. What is the update on him? I, first, you know, I heard Taylor Bashadi on NFL Network say that not expected to play, but then there was a report that he's out of his walking boot and they want to see if he can practice later in the week. Maybe he's, he's more doubtful than questionable or probable. Now, if he's not out there, is it a combination of Michael Davis stepping in with Asante Samuel and Bryce Callahan? Because I know people are going to say, well, J.C. Jackson's not playing. Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, those guys are going to feast. But Michael Davis has been a start in this league. I believe six interceptions and 35 pass breakups in the last three years. Bryce Callahan, experienced slot guy, played under Vic Fangio. Brandon Staley comes from the Fangio coaching tree, knows the scheme. So I think Asante Samuel was also rookie of the month one, uh, one month last year. So not necessarily they were deep at that position not to say that jc jackson you know he's not a loss but they're they're pretty set even if he doesn't play correct yeah i think i think they they are pretty deep um so jc back to real quick on the jc jackson situation like you said there's been kind of some conflicting reports about whether or not he's gonna play brandon saley said today that he's he's day-to-day and that the walking boot has just came off and that he was running. Um, so I, I don't know exactly what that running looks like. Uh, he wasn't out at, he wasn't out at practice today um, during the, you know, viewing portion to the media. Um, so, and he wasn't out on Monday either. So uh, the two days this week, he has, he hasn't been present. So uh, he was, he was on the injury report, of course, and uh, that he's just going to kind of be a, a wait and see. So, if he can't go, it's like you mentioned. It's gonna be it's gonna be Michael Davis and Asante Samuel Jr. on the outside. Both those guys were the starters for the Chargers last year, so it's not like they're exactly you know, throwing a throwing a rookie in there who hasn't played a bunch of meaningful games. And then um, in the nick in the nickel, they have uh, Bryce Callahan, who he he's played both inside and outside. So even if they were to kind of get into a pinch, they can use him in a variety of different ways to match up. But regardless, like. Ha- not having J.C. Jackson, you, you can't underestimate his presence, and especially matching up against the Raiders with Devontae Adams, J.C. is that guy that would have mirrored him. You know, he's a guy that you you can just have him go one-on-one. Without J.C. Jackson, they probably resort more to some some zone zone looks and stuff. Interesting stuff. And, and one of the things, of course, Nick, you know, covering the AFC West – the Raiders' story this offseason has been the right side of the offensive line. The Chargers had their own competition at right tackle. Trey Pipkins was named the starter. 
Talk about what he did, what how his performance was, and how they solved or how he won that position and um, how that's, that line now stacks up for the Chargers, who've been seemingly working on it for years. Yeah, I mean, their, their right side of their offensive line is is being pieced together, you know, kind of like the Raiders. They draft Zion Johnson. He's going to pencil in as, as the right guard, so we'll kind of kind of see how he comes along. But he looks like a, a strong, you know, good, good young kid. And then at right tackle, Trey Pipkins, him and Storm Norton were in a position battle in training camp. They were splitting the reps 50-50 when they were doing 11-on-11s in practice. They split the reps uh, throughout the preseason. Pipkins ultimately won the job. You know, I wouldn't say it was uh, a camp battle mm-hmm. where he necessarily ran away with it. You know, there mm-hmm. were moments where he looked like Trey Pipkins of last year when he came when he came into the game and such. But at the end of the day, the coaching staff – said that, you know, what was the ultimate deciding factor was they felt that when Trey Pipkins was in there, you know, the, the pass rushers were a little bit further away from the quarterback than when Storm Norton was in there. So he's the guy that they've settled in on. Pipkins, you know, he he spent the offseason with Duke Mannyweather in Texas, who also trains uh, Rashawn Slater. So, you know, both those tackles have, you know, they spent extensive time together working and Slater has voiced, you know, how, how much progress he's seen from Pipkins. Um, I don't really have a whole lot to go off of since I was covering the Rams last year, and I've only, I've only seen what Pipkins has looked like this camp. But uh, yeah, it's gonna, it, it's probably gonna be the spot where the Raiders look to exploit because uh, he's gonna have his hands full with, you know, either Max or Chandler Jones. So, so speaking of spots, the Raiders are able to exploit. How about that linebacker core? I know Kenneth Murray hasn't exactly lived up to first-round expectations. I know he had, a, I believe, an ankle surgery this offseason. Drew yeah. Tranquil has been hurt recently. Missed a, missed a few games last year. Missed almost all of 2020 with an injury. Uh, they bring in Kyle Van Noy. Where is he going to line up? Is he going to be on the outside? Is he going to be on the inside? Because I know he's a versatile playmaker, and he can play both positions. So just fill us in on the linebacker spot, because I know Darren Wall is going to be active, and he's going to be in the middle of that field. Yeah, so... Calvin Noy, you know, when he was originally brought in, he was kind of viewed as that that chess piece that's going to, you know, mm-hmm. probably do a little bit of both, play some inside linebacker, maybe, you know, rush off the edge if they're, you know, given Macrobosa a breather. But he's worked pretty much exclusively at inside linebacker. Like, I, I re- really haven't seen him play, you know, the edge position mu- much at all. Um, so it's the inside linebackers are going to be Drew Tranquil and Calvin Noy. Um, and then – like you kind of alluded to with Kenneth Murray coming off ankle surgery, he's only been back for two weeks now. So I would expect him to probably, you know, if he play if if he plays, it's going to be probably a pretty minimal role at least here in week one. Um, but even when he is fully back, he's he's probably still not going to be the starter. It's it's going to be Van Noy and uh, Tranquil, and then they also have Troy Reader. So it, right now it kind of seems like Troy Reader and Kenneth Murray are kind of fighting for that like third linebacker role. Um, and that's going to get shaken out. And Troy Reader's a guy, while he's a new addition, he played for Brandon Staley with, with the Rams. So he's a guy that's really familiar with the scheme, um, a guy that's, you know, a core special teamer. So Kenneth Murray, he, he's going to have his work cut out to uh, get back on the field. But I will say he, for a guy that's missed a lot of time, you know, during like the team period and drills that uh, we've been able to see, he has looked pretty good. Yeah, it's interesting. Interesting unit, to say the least. Um, talk about Brandon Staley. Uh, Nick, you know, it, 
the situation that we've seen him with the kind of the riverboat gambler, he's going for it on fourth down. He's taken a lot of heat over that. I don't know. He's talked about it publicly too. And what it's meant for his team uh, last year as the coach, um, how has he changed? Is, is he going to still have that type of mentality or what's the next evolution of Brandon Staley as he matures as a head coach? Yeah. So he's talked about like his, what, what people call like the fourth and Staley mentality. Um, <laughs> it's tough to tell if it's going to, if, 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 and when exactly it's going to change. Um, he, you know, he's, he's talked about it. It's, it's, it's common. There's a lot of factors that really go, go into it. The way I, I've interpreted it, it, like he's probably going to end up reeling it back at least a little bit. And now mm. he has a defense that's at least closer to matching the offense. So if, if you have the defense that you have more confidence in, who's going to come up with, with a, with a stop, and then you can get the offense, the ball back, you know, maybe, maybe you do just end up like punting or even, you know, just t taking the points in some situations. Now I don't think like his aggressive nature is, is ever going to go away because that's, that's who he is. And, you know, he, Justin Herbert, he, when you have Justin Herbert under center, your chances of converting, you know, a fourth down are much greater than, you have Mitchell Trubisky, you know, yeah, like, yeah, so yeah. at the same time, you still have Justin Herbert in your back pocket. So that's going to be uh, kind of interesting how that shakes out this year. So Nick, before, before I send you off, uh, I just want to know <laughs> if the Raiders are going to win this game, uh, what do they have to do very well against this Chargers team? Like what is, what are the weak points on this Charger team? And for the chart on the Chargers side, if the Chargers are going to win this game, what do they have to do really well? Raiders? I think if the Raiders are going to win this game, I think Devontae Adams goes off for a huge day, um, which, you know, could happen if J.C. Jackson's not, not out there. I mean, even if J.C. Jackson is out there, everyone knows what Devontae Adams is capable of. Um, and then on, on top of that, I think the Raiders uh, probably really, you know, attack uh, Trey Pipkins at right tackle and, you know, generate, generate a lot of pressure. Now, I will say, like, during the Chargers joint practice uh, with the Cowboys that they had, that was something that was pretty clear. Like the Cowboys were, were bringing a lot of pressure off that right side and it, and it, they were getting to Herbert pretty quickly. Um, so that was something where he was having to get the ball up pretty quick, wasn't able to really hang on to it. So if that's, if, if that's the case again here against the Raiders, that, that could be something that really holds the chargers back. Um, and then on the flip side, if the, if the chargers are going to win this, I think it really just comes down to them winning the battle in the trenches on, on both sides and just, you know, Austin Eckler led, led the league with 20 touchdowns last season. So, you know, it is, is he going to, is he going to be a guy that's looks like, you know, the, the 2021 version of Austin Eckler. And then everyone knows how, you know, consistent Keenan Allen has been. So I, I just think that charges are returning pretty much every starter except the two, uh, right guard, right tackle of their offense, and they were a top five unit just a season ago. So I think it's going to come down to can they kind of reciprocate that? Uh, interesting. And and Nick, so, so really quick, Scott, before you jump ahead. in, yeah, you jump I just want to say so basically, so basically, sorry, so basically, Nick said whoever's right side of the offensive line stinks the least. Has <laughs> you the can, best you can say that the football game. Yeah, <laughs> yes. that's exactly what he said. Yes. Um, uh, you know, Nick, before before I let you go, too, we talked before we went on the air about uh, the AFC West and how crazy it's going to be. And, and it's it's the fo it's a focus of the NFL overall just because it's so dang competitive. I know on, on the website, it's hard, right, picking and and 
predicting how the division goes. Mo and I did our prediction show earlier in the week, and and we had our records for the Raiders, uh, and we had three teams in the AFC West going to the playoffs. It looks by you 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 picked the Chiefs to win again. You picked the Chargers second. And I'm sorry to do this to you because I know Raider Nation is going to come after you. Picked the Raiders last with a nine and eight record, um, but but that could very easily go the other direction too. Talk about that. Talk about for you covering the Chargers, but looking at the rest of the division and how many division games the Chargers and the Raiders play early on. Yeah, so I actually have I have the Chiefs winning the AFC West, the Chargers being second, the Raiders third, and then the Broncos fourth. Oh, sorry. Now, I, I, mis- Scott- I misconstrued. <laughs> All good. Now, Scott, like as we were talking about before we came on air, like really this could come down to any team winning the division. We're kind of we're kind of splitting hairs here because yeah. all these teams, you know, what what they did this this offseason and just how they're constructed. They're they're all capable of making the playoffs and making a run. Uh but you know, it's going to be interesting. I think we're going to get a real sense of it real quick just because the Chargers open up with with two division games right off the bat with week two coming on a short week, Thursday night, they got to go to Kansas city. Uh, I think you shared like the Raiders play three divisional matchups within their Mm -hmm. first five weeks. So all these teams are kind of just getting thrown into the fire. And uh, you know, these games usually come down to about one possession. If you know, Raiders fans, as Raiders fans know, like these AFC West matchups usually come all the way down to the wire. So that's kind of what I'm thinking for uh, this game on Sunday. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be bananas, I'm sure. Uh, I picked them to win. Mo picked the I picked the Raiders to win. Mo picked the Chargers to win. I just have to remind people of that because he's taken some heat over this this week <laughs> oh, with tweets with Mo? the video. Yeah, he's 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 <laughs> got it. But it'll be interesting, and I know we'll we'll catch up with you down uh, towards the the back end of the season as they uh, as the Raiders line up against the Chargers in Las Vegas again, which I'm sure will be a pivotal game as it always is like it was yeah. last year. But make sure you follow Nick at Nick Cothrell on Twitter. Does great work again. He is he covered the Raiders before. So he's he's an alum and we appreciate him and we're so proud of what he's been able to do. Even though I know you guys hate the Chargers, uh Nick is doing a great job uh, with SI. Nick, thanks for joining us, man. We really appreciate it. Of course. Appreciate thanks, you, Scott. Thanks, Mo. All right. There you go. Nick Cothrell, uh, one of the good guys and good stuff there. Good yeah. insight, Mo. Yeah, I got super high because I've been covering the Chargers a lot because full disclosure, as you've heard in the last show, and if you read my articles, I actually have the Chargers winning the division by one win. I have the Chargers going yeah. 11 and 6 and every other team in that division going 10 and 7 with the Raiders and the Chiefs having a playing game in week 18 at Allegiant Stadium for that last playoff spot. So I uh, had a lot of intel on the Chargers, so it was great to have Nick on so we could talk about it. Yeah, it, and and don't come at me about the Chargers winning division. I didn't say it. Mo said it. Just just to be clear, yeah, I put it out there because of my history, Close people closure, are right? going to think I've turned back to the wrong side again. But anyway, <laughs> uh, thanks again to Nick Cothrell from Sports Illustrated, the Chargers report. Uh, good good stuff. So there you go. You got everything you need to know about the Raiders opponent on Sunday. We're going to step aside when we come back. Mo and I are going to go over some news. Is Darren Waller close to a new contract? We'll talk about that amongst other things in Raider Nation. You're listening to Silver and Black today here an Odyssey Original Podcast. Don't go anywhere. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, week one of the 2022 NFL season. Scott Colbranson, Mo Moten back with you here, and we are talking all things Raiders football. Do us a favor. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening. If you're listening on audio, do it there. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit subscribe plus the notifications bell so you know when we go when we go on the air and when new videos are uploaded yes you can find out that way but we thank you guys for your support as always all right Mo, we got to jump into this we we started uh, we talking nick talking chargers to start the show but we got to talk about kind of some of the news or at least some speculation that leaked out from very reputable sources including our friend vinnie bonsignor at the las vegas review journal that the Raiders seemingly seem close, or he's, they're hearing, as our national sources, that the Raiders are getting closer on Darren Waller on a deal. This is something you've predicted would happen. Now, what that deal is, is a different issue. But you said, hey, probably right before the season, they'll take care of him, they'll give him a raise, whatever it may be. Now we're seeing that this comes after he fired his agent, hired Drew Rosenhaus, which we talked to about at length here. And sure enough, it seems like those two sides said, all right, whatever shenanigans were happening earlier, let's get down to business. They might have Darren Waller feeling pretty dang good when he rolls out on the field on Sunday against the Chargers. This is very similar to the Derek Carr situation last year when people mm. said, oh, Derek Carr has got to play out his contract. He had little or no guaranteed money on his, left on his deal. And I said, no way his agent lets him take another snap without reworking his deal. And the same applies to Darren Waller. The production he's put up with the Raiders over the last two, three years, no way that his agent, whoever it was, whether it was Clutch or Drew Rosenhaus, they weren't going to let him step on the field without getting at least a reworked deal. Now, I said one way or another, they were going to take care of him. They were going to give him a multi-year extension, which it seems like that's, uh, according to Jordan Schultz, who's in the NFL inside, said those talks are heating up. Mm-hmm. Or they were going to give him an immediate pay raise for the 2022 season. But either way, I said, take a deep breath. <sighs> They're going to take <laughs> care of Darren Waller, who's one of their core players on, in that offense, because... The reason you bring in a Devontae Adams is to open up the offense for guys like him and Hunter Renfro. So with those three guys together, you have a prolific offense. There's no way you let one of those guys walk because then you say, well, offense is still good, but it's not as good without Darren Waller. So really quick shout out to just when Wendy, he was a little nervous about Darren Waller. Just hang in there, Wendy. I told you to trust me. And here we are. Yes. And again, we don't know. Uh, I know all of the reports said they're getting close. They may have something done by Friday which would be great for both sides, no question. What that looks like will end up being, and we won't know perhaps unless uh, somebody on the national stage gets it, which it seems to be the way it goes usually, and gives us an idea of what that contract is. Is it going to be an extension? Is it going to be a whole new contract? They rip up the old one, start a new one, as you mentioned. We don't know yet. doesn't really matter. As long as Darren Waller feels good about where he's at and that he's getting paid fairly, we're good, right? And what it means to the Raiders and their overall salary cap, 
that's what it'll have to do. But again, the salary cap goes up next year. And so they might feel like they're in a position. Also, did it factor into them maybe not going out to get a veteran offensive lineman? It might have, especially if there's an immediate bump in his in his uh, salary for the 2022 season. That may have factored into it. But I, what I will say is that there are guys out there who don't cost, who aren't going to cost you a lot. Bobby Massey isn't going to cost you a fortune. I feel like if the Raiders really wanted another right tackle or another guard, they would have picked one up. It's pretty clear to me, at least right now, as we're recording this, that they're comfortable with what they have and they're willing mm-hmm. to roll with the guys that they had. Because remember, these guys got a lot of snaps in the preseason. So you're, if you're bringing in a guy, that guy is probably not going to start week one because he hasn't been on the team. Yeah. So it, it was kind of like, we're just going to roll what we got, see what happens week one, throw them into the fire against with Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa, see what we get. If they fare well, then maybe we can go through the season with that. Now, if it's if they stumble and Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa wreck the game with combined six, seven, eight sacks, then you'll, you'll probably see some action where they go out and pick up another tackle. I know that's the chagrin of many Raider fans. They don't want to hear that, but... Mm-hmm. When you think about two premier players at the position, that's a tough task for even Colton Miller, who's the solid guy on that offensive line. So just imagine Jermaine Luminar or Thayer Mumford coming in against those guys. It's a tough matchup. And we heard on on Wednesday from um, Josh McDaniels. We heard from Derek Carr. We heard from uh, Devontae Adams. And, and I think you hit on something that's really important. I think McDaniels, at least publicly, uh, and it seems like, based on their actions, that they do have confidence, that they have what they need unless proven otherwise. And you just made that point, right? Which is, mm-hmm. we're going to roll with these guys. We think we have it. We have a quarterback who does have a quick release, by the way. He gets the ball out quick. Mm-hmm. And he's got a lot of weapons to do that, whether it's in the short, mid-air game or in the long game. He's able to get the ball out quickly. And if that's the case, and they're able to perform at a good level. They don't even have to be great. If they're at a good level where Derek Carr gets enough time to hit those weapons, then why would you spend the money? Now, depth and moving on to the future as far as uh, when injuries pop up and all that, that's a different story. We'll have to see where it goes with that. But you might want to wait. And I think the Raiders are being very prudent with that and with their money. But I don't think they'll have any problem, most spending money, whether it's at offensive line or anywhere else, to go get somebody if they truly believe that person can help them this year. The other thing to think about is they can, if Derek Carr is in trouble in the pocket because the tackles aren't protecting him, they can protect him with the run game. Yeah, and that's why I asked Nick about do what's his confidence level and how the Chargers address the interior of the defensive line, bringing Austin Johnson, Sebastian Joseph Day, who has experience under Brandon Staley from his time with the Rams, and he and he said he kind of said it's kind of a wait and see because you know you can only do so much on the practice field. But I'm sure the Raiders are going to test that because the Chargers were one of the worst run defenses last year. And you have Josh Jacobs, you have Zamir White, Brandon Bolden, Amir Abdullah. Those guys could get a lot of work. I know a lot of people want to see Devontae Adams and Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro go off. But looking at the past weakness for the Chargers, I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders go out there and go run heavy just to test that area of their, of their defense again mm-hmm. and prove that they could stop it. And if they can't stop it, then I think the Raiders have an edge there because you can attack over the top with Darren Waller and those guys, or you can run the ball with a balanced attack. Great point. And, and I think we look at this game and, and I mo on, on our last show, um, our last full show, we had a mailbag show yesterday, but on Tuesday show, we talked about our predictions for the season and you and I differed on this game. I picked the Raiders. You picked the chargers. I think we both picked them as pretty close games uh, and not extremely high scoring games, by the way. 
But when you look at this matchup, um, what do the Raiders, knowing that defense, knowing the Raiders' issues on the offensive line, is it going to be about that offensive line, or is this going to be a situation where uh, it's a little bit of both, right? Because they're going to have to control Justin Herbert. They're going to have to control Austin Eckler uh, and that running game too, which we don't know how that's going to work out for the Raiders up the middle. Um, when you look at this game, if the Raiders are going to win, what do they do effectively that makes the difference? I think Nick hit the nail, and I know I made it out of a, I made a joke of it, but it's basically – you know, which team's offensive line on the specific on the right side is performs better. And I think if the Raiders are going to win this game, and I alluded to him in our last, you know, talk conversation, is that mm -hmm. they're going to have to have a balanced attack. I know J.C. Jackson's not playing, so everyone's licking their chops about that. But as I, as I brought up with Nick, Michael Davis isn't a slouch. He was a starter for the last few years. Asante uh, Samuel Jr. had an up-and-down rookie year, got benched at some point, but played relatively well uh, for a rookie. And then you got Bryce Callahan, who has the experience, as Nick said, on the inside and outside, playing the Fangio scheme, so he knows that system. So there's no, there's no problem to plug him in. So I think what has to happen is, again, the Reds have to be balanced. Run the ball. Test the Chargers interior run defense. See if Sebastian Joseph Day and Austin Johnson are ready for, that, for those two physical ball carriers you have in Zamir White and Josh Jacobs. And then once the Chargers feel like they have to commit, put an extra defender in the box, you throw over the top. Go to Darren Waller down the seam. Go to Devontae Adams, who can win his one-on-one -on -one matchups, especially if J.C. Jackson's not out there. I know J.C. Jackson's their best cornerback, and they do have depth there, but none of those cornerbacks that the Chargers have can compare to Devontae Adams, one arguably the best wide receiver in the league. Hunter Renfro on the slot. Test Bryce Callahan. I know he knows the mm -hmm. system. First, first year with the team, though. Hunter Renfro, one of the premier slot corner slot wide receivers in the league. Test, those, test that defense all over the field. Poke and pry around and see where the weakness is and have a balanced attack. Good point. Now, we look at the Raiders' defense. I, th I think this is going to be key, right? Because And this is the key all season long because of the AFC West, because of the quarterbacks, because of the offensive play. Now, you talked about the line, the right side of the Chargers line, as Nick told us, um, with Taylor Pitkins there, is, is tough. I mean, it's not... It's, it's the same issue the Raiders have. Yes, he won out in camp, but he's not exactly a pro bowler. So they're going to have to see how he evolves there and how well he does. So the Raiders obviously will attack that. Uh, but at the same time, you have to deal with the running game with the Chargers, but you also have to deal with the passing game with Justin Herbert. Um, I think this first big test of the Raiders' defensive backfield will be very interesting. How do they deal with it? How does Nate Hobbs perform if he's playing outside? We'll see where he goes there. Uh, and how do those safeties react in those new positions uh, on the road against this team and this offense? We'll get an early sense, Mo, I think, of how that defensive backfield is going to play the rest of the way. And the other thing that I forgot to mention, not forgot to mention, but I wanted to mention is Nick kind of gave us the, the gem right there for the game plan. Yeah. Overload the right side of the Chargers offensive line. You have a rookie in Zion Johnson there at right guard. You have Trey Pipkins there who had an underwhelming camp, even though he won the right tackle spot. Overwhelm, overwhelm, overload the right side of the line and test that and test those guys on that side because Trey Pip Pipkins, to me, I'm not sold on him. I I've watched him play over the last few years. He's had opportunities to get that starting right tackle job. Storm Norton was there for a reason last year. So Trey Pipkins is not a guy I'm looking at and saying, oh, he, he can hold his own on an island with a Max Crosby or Chandler Jones or even a Malcolm Kuntz. I think Malcolm Kuntz can even get in there. And as I said, overload the right side of the Chargers offensive, uh, offensive line 
get to the quarterback, force Herbert to throw the quick passes, and he won't have time to throw down downfield deep. And you have a chance to slow him down, slow that Chargers offense down. And I know our audience is Raiders fan, but this these types of games, and we're talking about the strengths and weaknesses of both sides and somehow they mirror each other, this is going to be hard all year, Mo, with this AFC West. It's just these teams all have gotten better. They all still have weaknesses, no question. All teams do. But the fact that they somehow look so similar is pretty remarkable. And so these games are going to be knockdown dragouts. And I think that this game on Sunday, I've picked the Raiders to win. Um, it's a big game because I think the Chargers, frankly, need it more. Uh, because, like Nick said, they're going to Kansas City on a short week in week two on Thursday night football. And so if they lose to the Raiders at home and go to the Chiefs, tough one to win there. So let's just say they don't. They start the AFC West at 0-2. Um, can, they, can you recover from 0-2 in this AFC West? You can, but you don't want to dig yourself in an early hole that way, especially you know losing two games back-to-back. And that's going to be a sour note in the locker room if they if they you know lose both. But you bring up a good point. If you go zero and two and you're looking up at the Chargers and the Chiefs, uh, the Raiders and the Chiefs, and then you have the Denver Broncos going against the Seattle Seahawks on Monday night, they they're going to win that game. They're going to yeah. crush the Seahawks. Right. So you're probably looking at those teams all winning their games, and then you starting off zero and two as the Chargers. So big game, not just because of what happened last year in Week 18, as I brought up with Nick. The Raiders are keeping them out of the playoffs, but also just looking ahead and turning the page. You don't want to start off 0-2, especially within the division. No, no question. All right, we're going to step aside and take a break. When we come back, we're going to wrap up. We're going to do a couple things. Number one, we'll talk a little bit more about the game and who some of the players, Mo and I think, will go off for the Raiders uh, as well and, and how they'll make a difference in the game, win or lose. We'll do that. And then we're going to get into a little fantasy football because – I don't know. Somebody's playing somebody. Uh, I think I'm playing Mo in week one in the Silver and Black Today Fantasy League. So we're going to talk about that. We have to play some sort of bet. Got to. So we got to figure out what that's going to be. And we'll do it with you on the fly. So we'll come up with that when we get back here on Silver and Black Today. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. We all know baseball is a long season. I'm Brett Boone from the Brett Boone Podcast. This summer, take a trip down memory lane with me and hear from the legends of the game. So far this year, I've had conversations with Randy Johnson, Pete Rose, Deion Sanders. Plus, every week we look at the state of Major League Baseball, which teams are exceeding expectations, which ones are struggling to meet them. Follow and listen to the Brett Boone Podcast on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, an Odyssey original podcast. Thanks for being with us. We appreciate the support. We are talking Raiders. We are talking Chargers. Week one in the NFL. Are you excited, Raider Nation? We think you are. We are. We're ready for football. I am Scott Cobranson. He is Mo Moten. Mo is the national NFL writer for Bleacher Report. He covers it all, as well as being the Raiders 
uh, columnist up on sportsnot.com. So you can get his work in both spots. Follow him on Twitter at Mo Moton, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. And at LV Gully is me. You can follow me there too. The show is at SNB today. We appreciate the interactions there. Always have a blast. Okay, Mo, we, we, we did our predictions on Tuesday for the season, but this game, um, I want to talk about players that we'll think will make a big difference. And, and specifically, I want to start that Raiders offense, right, has not been completely on the field during preseason. So they're going to go out there. I expect a little bit of rust at the beginning. Okay, Devontae Adams, that guy's such a freak of an athlete. I don't expect any from him. Uh, but, but I think the rest of them will get their timing down. It'll, it'll happen pretty quickly because they're all veterans. But when I look at this game, I know Nick Cothra, who was with us in the first segment from SI and covers the Chargers, said, you know, he feels Devonta Adams could have a big game. No question. I think that's every game he could have a big game. But I think in this game, I think two people are going to make the biggest difference, right? And I think that is going to be Josh Jacobs. I know we haven't talked a lot about him because we're talking about Zamir White. We're talking about Abdul, all these guys. I think I think Josh Jacobs and Hunter Renfro are going to have the biggest offensive days for the Raiders. Uh. And, you know, you took the Hunter Renfro answer right out of my mouth. Oh. I was going to say, I think Hunter Renfro, I think the Hunter Renfro Bryce Callahan matchup is the matchup you want to exploit. And not because Bryce Callahan is not a good corner, but again, the first year with the Chargers, I know he knows the system, but he's got to get his feet wet. And, and I'm wondering if Hunter Renfro being on track coming into the season, coming off of a big year, getting paid, uh, get the back Hunter Renfro. Uh, but I, I think he's going to go off against this Charger team. And I think using him in, in the middle of the field, We'll exploit some weaknesses there because sometimes your linebackers are going against a, a slot wide receiver. And I think linebacker is a weak spot for the for the Chargers. Not that I don't believe in Calvin Noah. He's a fine player, a versatile playmaker. But I think you want to test the middle of that Chargers defense because I think that's probably going to be the weakest part of their defense between the front, the middle, and the back end. Uh, a lot of Waller in the middle of the field, a lot of Hunter Renfro in the middle of the field. Yeah. Not to say Devontae won't go off, but I think Hunter Renfro will be the key. The other guy I want to bring up, I think it's going to be a Max Crosby day. I think oh, yeah. Max Crosby is going to, yes. I, I, on the defensive side, I think Max Crosby is going to go off. I think a combination between him and Koontz, not to discount Chandler Jones, who's now known as Old Spice. But I think uh, <laughs> Max Crosby and Malcolm Koontz on that defensive line are really going to test the Chargers' uh, pass protection. A lot of talk about what the Raiders' offensive line is going to look like. The Chargers, specifically on the right side, not set. And I think the Reds can rack up some sacks there and pressure Herbert and get things done. So I think it's going to be a close game. I, I also think it's going to be a shootout. I have both teams scoring into the 30s. It's going to be a toss-up game. It's going to remind you a lot of that Ravens-Raiders game oh, yeah. where it could go into overtime and it could come down to one mistake. If a team makes one mistake, that could decide the game. Yeah, and I, I you said it earlier, though. I, th I think the Raiders will surprise people and will run more than you would expect. Mm -hmm. Because we're all waiting for that explosion in the passing game, yep. I think they're going to exploit some of the Raiders, or excuse me, some of the Chargers' defense with the running game. And Josh Jacobs, look, he's still the number one back until he's not. Um, he's rested, he's healthy, mm -hmm. and I expect him with he, he's got something to prove. And so I expect him to go out there and ball. Not that other players won't contribute, because I think you're going to see, as you know, from Josh McDaniel's system, the use of different running backs in different situations. We'll see that, uh, especially in this first game. But, but I like that as well. Yeah, and on the defense, you're right. Max Crosby as well. And I'm really just eager to watch the defensive backfield. They have not been fully together. They have not played 
at the level of competition they're going to get in week one. And so I'm really interested, and I'm going to focus on that a lot. I think they'll come along well, uh, but how well they play could end up being whether or not that big play at the end of the game uh, is made or not made based on the Chargers uh, passing the ball and trying to put up big, long plays uh, in crunch time. Here's my hot take. I'm more worried, or should I say concerned, about the Raiders' secondary than I am their offensive line. Because you, yes. you can scheme around offensive line weaknesses for the game. Again, max protection. You could run the ball a whole lot. You know, Derek has a quick release to get rid of the football, too. You can plan short routes. But you cannot hide poor cornerback play. And I'm not saying Nate Hobbs and Rocky Austin are going to be poor, but they're going to be challenged by Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Both those guys had over 1,100 receiving yards last year. So, with as you said, Rocky Asin not playing a lot in the preseason. I know Nate Hobbs had some snaps on the outside. Not too worried about Nate Hobbs, but he is switching back outside. So, you wonder about that transition. I, I know I've made the point that he played there in college, so it should be like riding a bike. But that first game could be a little bit rocky after playing most of your snaps in the slot in your first year. My main, main concern is Rocky Asin, though. He's going to have to step it up. Uh, he's going to have to develop on the spot, and he's going to have to play up to his potential because he didn't exactly do that with Indianapolis. He's the guy I'm looking at. If he has a bad game, the Raiders could be in trouble. No question. And I'm still sticking with the Raiders. I'm going to pick them. I picked them as a one-point winner, I think, on our prediction show. And I really think it's going to be something. I think it's going to be like 31-30. Somebody's going to have a blocked extra point. Something crazy is going to happen, and I think you're going to have one of those old-school AFC West battles. Um, are you still sticking with the Chargers, Mo? Yes, and I and I, and I, I like how you're throwing me under the bus in this episode, <laughs> reminding people that I pick the Chargers. But I will say that in the column that I dropped uh, today on, on Bleacher Report, where mm -hmm. we had to pick against the spread, there are seven panelists. I'm one of them. And six panelists picked the Raiders against the spread. I also, I said 35-34 Chargers. Mm. So again, I have it as pretty much a toss-up. If you're, if you're betting against the spread, if you're putting money on the line, take the Raiders in this game because it's going to be a one-two-point game. Uh, I won't name who the other panelist was that picked the Chargers, but his point was that if, if there's so much buzz around the Chargers and they're coming into the season healthy, it's not a stretch to think that the Chargers win by by a little more than a field goal. Let's say four points. Let's say it's in, I don't know, 35-31. Yeah. Uh, you say that that's pretty much still a toss-up game. I believe the line when the column came out was at three and a half. Mm -hmm. So even the betters, even the odds makers are saying this is pretty much a toss-up game. Now we have we know the jokes about the Raiders uh that being their second home in los angeles so i don't really count home field advantage here as an advantage for the chargers i think it's just a matter of and i brought this up with nick and i know he he said the players dismissed it after otas and now as you get close to the game they're more turning the page but i really believe that this chargers team really looks at that week 18 game and they're like we have to get revenge for that there's no yeah. way we we can come Division back rival. Division rival. Right. Division rival and lose consec basically lose consecutive games. I know there's a big gap in between, but lose consecutive games to the Raiders and then have to go to Arrowhead and look the Chiefs in the face and try to avoid 0-2. I think they're I hate to use the must win phrase early, especially for week one. Yeah. I'm not saying this is a must win, but I think they look at this week one game as we gotta have this game. It's pretty close. I mean, like I said, and and as you just mentioned again. To go 0-2 and in the division 
at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's not like you started off with two NFC teams and you're not worried about the division race. This is that would be zero and two, and so. In some ways, I believe that, too. I think they have to try to win. I, I think the Raiders still spoil their night, but I do think that it is that for them. It's that important. So we'll see how it nets out. We'll see how our predictions net out, how you guys, I know how you all feel. You think they're going to beat the Chargers and then the, the house is going to be full of silver and black. We'll see if that goes or if mm-hmm. the Charger hype has worked enough that they didn't sell their tickets, which I doubt. But we'll see. We'll see how it all goes down on Sunday. Before we step aside, we have to talk about fantasy football of course the silver and black today fantasy football league kelly kreiner myself our producer david stepanian and mo we are the show representatives and then we have a bunch of listeners in there you guys know who you are we will start listing them out once we get through the season but mo this first week you and i play each other the projections have me winning but we know those projections never matter they're always wrong uh with the numbers that that the league gives you is like here's your projected number doesn't account for a lot of jazz uh, but you look at the matchup between us and fantasy football. I actually going to give you a little bit of an edge this week uh, on this one, even though the points say I win. I still think that uh, I've had a couple situations I've picked up. I've done some streaming of defense and and some other uh, acquisitions. I know as you were active on the wire the last couple days, as was Kelly. Everybody's getting jockeying for position. But um, you look at the start of the fantasy football season, this is big. Um, for people sort of uh, mulling what they need to do for this starting weekend, what's the best piece of advice going in? Some people think too much. Some people don't think enough. What do they need to do to get their upper edge going into week one? I would say right now you have to look at it as you want to get ahead of the curve. And I dropped a piece on well, I will drop a please on Bleacher Report on Friday, basically giving my sleepers at each position two quarterback, two running back, two wide receivers, two tight ends. And what happens a lot of times is a lot of people will look at week one and they'll run out and go get the top performance from week one, and that guy won't do anything for the rest of the season. I believe Kelly Christ mm-hmm. talked about Sammy Watkins is known for doing this. Yep, he'll he'll have ten catches for 186 yards week one, and then you won't hear from the rest for us of the season. Yeah, don't fall for the fool's gold. And I would say. Look at the depth charts now. Before the first kickoff, before before the the uh, Rams and Bills kick off tonight, look at the depth charts. Find out who's starting. Find out who's who's rumored to get a lot of snaps, and go with that. Don't go with the hot ticket after week one. Go with the guy that's going to be in a starting position or going to have a prominent role for the duration of the season. Because then you're going to be stuck with streaming four or five spots on your bench. That's and you sad. want to have some stability. There's nothing wrong with streaming. Don't get me wrong. You want to stream at least a couple of spots every week because you want to move guys in and out. But stick with guys who are going to have sustained production or could have sustained production versus the fool's gold after week one. Be careful of that. Good advice. Yes. And I would also, my advice would be don't pay attention to the trending um, pickups and drops because <laughs> there's a lot of people out there who sniff glue and they don't know what they're doing. Right. So just Mm -hmm. be careful. Stick to what you need. And uh, Mo's advice was very good. Okay, Mo, we got to bet on the game now. What what if you beat me? What do I got to do? And if I beat you, Cheesecake, what do you, Cheesecake, have to do, Cheesecake? (laughs) So I guess I'm eating cheesecake if I either that if I lose mint chocolate shaped ice cream, you pick your poison. You know what? I'm actually close to an ice cream parlor. I can okay. pick up some mint chocolate chip. And I will pay. Like, I will pay. Like eight minutes. No, it's all good. I'll pay for it. It's no deal. It's no big deal. 
I'm not right. saying I'm a big time roller or anything for anyone out there. I'm poor, by the way. Okay. But um, I, I'll, <laughs> I, I can pay for the mint chocolate chip ice cream and I'll eat some as I'm doing the show oh, with you great. on air. Okay, so now, that's, but what, that's, what's, my, what's my punishment if I lose? I haven't really given that much thought. You know, mm. it's, it's very interesting. Do you, do you have any ideas for yourself, Scott? I, I don't. Um, sadly, I'm, I'm blanking. Uh, I would say I would say I would say you gotta wear a blue Yankee oh, cap. A Yankee cap? Do th- oh. Yes. Yes, blue Yankee throughout the show. Okay. I eat mint chocolate chip throughout the show, or you wear a blue Yankee fitted cap or a snapback. Okay. Whatever, just a Yankee cap. Okay, show. I will unfortunately my wife is a Yankee fan, so we have one in the house. So, that, that <laughs> so it's work. perfect. Perfect. I've hit I've hidden it in the cat box. Um <laughs> I've hidden oh, it, but goodness. we'll find it, and and that'll be the bet. Okay, so there we go, and we'll do that. And then we'll start to – we'll get some guys on the air as well when we see some key matchups. Um, I've been so busy, I haven't had a chance to look at all the matchups, but there's some good ones in the league, and we will come back after on our Tuesday show, and we'll kind of do a report on how the season went. But check it out, and we'll post it on Twitter too. I'm sure we'll be talking trash to each other, and especially as the points rack in, and we'll have fun with it. It'll be good, but – uh, it's that time of the year too. It's fantasy football, so you can you can have your heart broken by the Raiders sometimes. You can have your heart broken by your fantasy team <laughs> or both. Those are the days that really stink. Uh, but it's that time of the year, man. Everybody's so excited. Uh, we are finally out of the darkness. It is time for NFL football. Mo, I'm excited. I know Sundays. Mo will join us when he can on the post game shows. Uh, he has huge obligations with with Bleach Report on Sundays, so he'll jump in when he can. Uh, if not, Murph will be with us as well with the voice of the fan, but that's the next time we'll talk to you. Uh, we will talk to you on Sunday after the game here on the podcast and on YouTube. So make sure you look for that. Mo, if we don't see you Sunday, we'll talk to you on Tuesday. Absolutely. But I will say about this fantasy football matchup. Usually I'm a slow starter in fantasy. I usually Uh-oh. pick up in the middle of the season, but I will say Scott being that you had the first pick and I had the last pick, you should win this matchup. Yeah, that's true. Although you absolutely although, should win this matchup. Although I, I, as I keep saying, and I told you guys a few weeks ago when we drafted early, um, I, I'm my starting lineup is fine. My bench is not great. So if I have trouble, and there'll be, I think there's one week where I'm really screwed because of buys. It just happens that way sometimes. But we'll see how it goes. I, I'm gonna have to get off to a quick start in case I have any injuries. Good luck to the best man, best fantasy football player, best fantasy football manager win. Or I woman, hope to see a blue Yankee in the league. Or, I mean, between us. Oh, between us. Assuming yes. that we're assuming we're both men here. Yes, we're between gentlemen. us. <laughs> uh, may the best man win between us. I'll honor my bet, and I'll hopefully you'll honor yours. I'm sure your wife. I'll you know if you have to reach out, <laughs> let her know. Like, hey, look, Scott has to wear this cap if he loses. Oy. If I have to do that, don't make me great. come find you, Scott. If I have to. No, I'll, 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 I'll deliver on my end of the bet. There's no question. All right. Well, thanks, brother. Okay. We are off. We're done. It is time to end this edition of Silver and Black today. Enjoy the Chargers versus the Raiders. We will talk to you after the game. Uh, myself and Murph from Raiders Fan Radio. If Mo can jump in, he will. Uh, even if it's for two minutes. If he can't, he can't. But uh, we'll get his view of the game early next week as well. For all of us here at Silver and Black today, we thank you for watching this small little hobby of ours that we do. 
Uh, and the podcast has been great, and we appreciate the support. So thank you all. And Raider Nation, take care of one another, and we'll talk to you on Sunday. Take care.